Hey. Hi. Hello. Welcome back, Misfits, and welcome back to a new episode. Today, we're continuing part two of God Is. God Is. Yes. We're talking about more of the other different names of God. And things that he is. And things that he is. And he shows himself to us and yes. all that good stuff. Yes. So yeah. we're talking about the Bible. Are you yeah. surprised? Oh my gosh, the Bible. Yes. Oh my gosh. Did you click yes. on the wrong podcast? No, this is the right one. You're yes. in the right place. Welcome. Even if you clicked on it by mistake, you're, you're in, in the, the, right the right place. place. Yes. God works everything out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we'll stop, we'll stop now. Yes, yes, yes. So last week we talked about God as the potter, friend, shepherd, and gardener. This week we're going to talk about God as a king, a judge, the lamb, the lion, and a redeemer. Now, as a warning, we will be mentioning Jesus in many of these verses, but as we said in the last episode, Jesus points to the character of God. So whatever we say about Jesus points to characteristics of the Father. Right. Right. Because it's like, friend, you said Jesus, you didn't say God, but it's, you know, it's, yeah, three and one. Yeah, three and one. So we say Jesus, it's God's character. Points to character, yeah. Because that's what Jesus is, is God's character in the flesh. Yes. Yeah. Insert dad joke, like, you look just like your dad. That's that's uh, what that means. I am my dad. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just on you. I am my dad. <laughs> wow. My dad. Okay. All right. That was good. Um, so first we're going to start talking about God as the King and Lord. And we get this title of Jesus being called King of Kings and Lord of Lords from Revelation 19, 16, where the Bible says on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all Kings and Lord of all Lords. We also see mention of the title King of Kings in 1 Timothy 6, where it says, For at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And additionally, in Revelation 17, 14, the Bible says, Together they will go to war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat them because he is the Lord of all lords and the King of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Yeah, so as, so lots of Lord and King. Yes, yes. Throughout. So as you can tell, King and Lord are often mentioned together. Note that a Lord is not necessarily royal, but a King is. Um, meaning Jesus is over all, royal or not. That's all period. That's all period. Um, the words King and Lord are mentioned over 300 times to represent the Lord God. Phrases like King of Kings are called, quote, double titles, which is a way to highlight God's supremacy by saying the same word twice. Mentioning word twice is often used in the Bible to show emphasis to what the writer was saying so the reader understands, oh, this is important. Right, like you're not just saying it once, you're... And that's the emphasis, right? Right. The double, double title. Yeah. I was going to say the double entendre, but that's yeah. not, that's not, that's not the same thing. But, yeah, but it sounds, but it's still double. Yes. So. It's still double. And it's like, um, there's, there's not a joke, but like when you're reading the Bible and, and Jesus says the same thing twice, you're like, oh, this is important. Yeah. So like, like if you hear it being to, repeated, I think it was, it was Martha, right? He was like, Martha, Martha. And he's like, oh, he said your name twice. He yeah. must be doing he's something really wrong. Uh, trying <laughs> yeah. to get her attention. He's really trying to get your attention. But yeah. So in a similar way, it's like really emphasizing like he's king of kings get it you get it he's king of kings yeah Yeah. um what is a lord so someone or something having power authority or influence a master or ruler over others so it's interesting when you think about a lord in the context of government um we don't have lords in the united states but they still do have lords in places like the uk for example and there are uh, two responsibilities for the lords that we found and one of them is making and shaping laws and the second one is they hold the government accountable and so when you think of jesus and god as the king of kings and lord of lords 
this is what they do. Yeah, you can see these two yeah. aspects like relating to them and how they how they roll and yeah. So uh, when we say Jesus is Lord, we are saying he is in ch- he is in charge and ruler of all things in heaven and on earth. He has been given the authority to rule by the Father. And to get more teachy, think about the term Lord of the house. Here, this man had a home and had land. He had workers who worked and lived on his land, and he was responsible for them and their well-being. In the same way, we dwell in the house of the Lord. We partner with Christ to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and he keeps us, provides for us, guides us, and corrects us. Yes. So essentially, of course, he's the head of the church, so he's um, the head of the house. He's the Lord of the house. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is, we just discussed what a Lord was. So what is a king? Having this title of king means that this person has the power to exercise absolute dominion over all his realm. So when looking at Jesus, his realm is all of creation. So again, like we mentioned, it's heaven and earth. Jesus is returning to judge the world and establish his earthly kingdom as mentioned in Mark 13, 26. And note also that earthly kings pass away, leaving only a memory, but Jesus is the eternal one who will never pass away. So yeah, he will and I think that kind of goes back to like he's king of kings. Like there were right. kings on earth and they came for a period and they're gone. He's the king over all the kings and he's still on the throne. Right, yeah. So when we hear Jesus being called king of kings, it means that in the end, all other rulers will be conquered or abolished and Jesus alone will reign supreme as king and lord of all the earth. There is no power, no king, and no lord who can oppose him and win. That was good. Yeah. I felt real preachy. <laughs> can the people say Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get it? That's good. Um, so another point is in Revelation where we see Jesus' kingship, when we read about him being the only one in creation found worthy to open the scrolls which contain the judgment of God. In another part, it mentions that we hear voices in heaven proclaiming that the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of Christ and that he will reign forever and ever. And um, that's in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15. Ultimately, it means that there is no higher authority than Jesus. His reign over all things is absolute and inviolable. God raised Jesus from the dead and placed him over all things, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And um, in the same way that God is referred to as king and Lord, he is also referred to as a judge. Right. So that takes us to our next thing, which, you know, God is a judge. And we read in Isaiah 33, 22, which says, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. So again, we see king in here as well. And Psalm 75, 7 says, But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. We also see in Judges eleven twenty seven, it says, I therefore have not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by making war against me. May the Lord, the judge, judge today between the sons of Israel and the sons of Amen. So what does it mean that God is a judge? The ultimate goal of a judge is to preside over hearings, settle disputes and issues and issue legal decisions. There are a lot more details in that, right, essentially, but that's what a judge does. The judge is a person with authority. So in the Bible, a king was always the supreme judge because he had supreme ruling and he was like, or like the main authority, right, to to be able to judge. And since God is our king, he is also the judge of our world. So as our maker, he owns us. And as our owner, he has a right to make laws for us and to reward us according to whether or not we keep those laws. God is also holy, which essentially means that he is perfect and separate from all things. Because he is perfect and holy, he cannot, like, not judge. Right. 
Um, he is the God of justice and order and judgment is just part of who he is. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.17, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time for every purpose and for every work. Because God is holy, he cannot tolerate sin and so there must be a way to judge that. There is a price to pay for sin and that's where we see that through the death of Jesus Christ, the penalty was paid and we no longer have to bear that punishment or judgment. But we know that there is judgment for that. You know, we just know that we don't pay yeah, because if, if he wasn't a judge, it wouldn't he wouldn't have sent Jesus. Exactly, right? He yeah. would have been like, ah, they'll be fine, you know. Yeah, like, if like he wasn't we'll so like um, holy, where mm-hmm. he cannot, he hates sin. Mm-hmm. Then Jesus would have never died on the cross, right? Yeah. And that was the purpose of. of- coming and dying right so we know god is a god of love and a god of justice if his salvation is rejected then there will be judgment which the bible speaks of like a final judgment and again this doesn't apply to believers but ultimately it's those who don't accept that gift of salvation so when it comes to god making decisions there is no jury it is his responsibility to make all judgment based on his omniscience. yeah yeah so there's no jury no jury he's yeah. he's the judge the, no. the angels don't vote yeah, no. <laughs> no. They're there for support. Exactly. Hey, I'm here to do what you hey, need me to do. I'm here. I'm yeah. going to worship you and exactly. all that. But exactly. Yeah, ultimately, it's God. Yeah. That's right. Um, so now we're going to talk about God and Jesus as the Lamb. So Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. And this points us back to the Old Testament where God allowed the Israelites to sacrifice animals to atone for their sins in place of sacrificing their own lives. So because God loves us, we had to atone for our sins somehow, and this was pre-Jesus. And so he says, hey, sacrifice these animals and the blood of these animals will atone for your sins. And in some of those instances, that sacrifice was a lamb. There's a lot of details in that, but yes, it was yeah. a lamb. It had but to there be was, a male lamb. Um, yeah. like this, it was called like a sin offering. Yes, And yes. that's why it's specific to the lamb. So right. That makes sense lamb, later on. It was unblemished and it was this perfect yeah, a lot of, lot of rules of the type of lamb. Yes, um, yes, refer to Old Testament. Yeah. And um, in fact, the reason God set up the sacrificial system was to set up what or better who was to come to be the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. So the lamb in the Bible points us to Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice that we said, who atoned for our sins forever. And because of him, we are justified and free. He first allowed animals to be sacrificed on our behalf. And then he sent Jesus to die for us. So Jesus is referred to as the lamb all over the Bible as a prophecy of him coming in Isaiah 53. And then in the New Testament, specifically in the Gospel of John, when John the Baptist sees Jesus, he says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's John 1:29. So what does Jesus as the lamb say about God? It says that God loves us so much that he himself died on the cross for our sins. What do I mean by he himself? So because there is what we call the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three individual parts and they are also one. So our holy God sent himself as Son to die on the cross for our sins so we wouldn't have to die and be separated from him for eternity. So they're essentially because it's the Trinity and they are also one, God sacrificed his son, but he sacrificed essentially himself Mm -hmm. for us to be able to, you know, be joined with him in heaven when we die. And that's just beautiful. Yeah. And it's just kind of bringing together or like seeing how it was done in the Old Testament and representing the lamb. Now, Jesus being the lamb, right? right? Taking that 
that same analogy, if you will. Yes. So um, God himself provided the atonement for our sins, and it's beautifully said in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 to 21, and this is in the NLT. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days, he has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. Ah, oh, beautiful. That was beautifully said. Yeah. Oh man. So yes, that was the lamb. Jesus yeah. is the lamb. Jesus is the lamb. And yes. God provided the lamb. Yes. And he's also the lamb. Yes. So. And if you want to know more about the sacrifices, go back to the Old Testament. But or, yeah. you know, make a comment in somewhere and maybe we'll do maybe it. Maybe we'll go time. into the Old Testament. Yeah. And tell us we'll, if you want to learn maybe, more about hey, this lamb sacrifice we'll stuff. We'll dive deep and tell you about what yeah. happened at the tabernacle and at the high places and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'd actually love to do that. So, yeah, yeah. leave a comment. But now, so the lamb usually leads us to the next one we're going to talk about, which is um, Jesus and God as the lion. Yeah, so you'll see a lot of times like the lion and the lamb or the reference kind of together in similar verses. So Christ is referred to as a lion in various places in the Bible. Uh, but the verse that includes uh, where it says like the lion and the lamb that's used most, I guess, commonly comes from Revelations 5 verses 5 and 6. It says, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders and it goes on a little with a little more detail but that's kind of the part of these verses where it talks about jesus being the lion and the lamb and of course both of them are referring to jesus christ he is the conquering lion of the tribe of judah and when it talks about that it's referring to uh the 12 tribes from the old testament uh, and we've mentioned how judah was part of the genealogy of jesus and so that reference to the lion comes from genesis 49 9 where jacob which was judas's dad is dying and he's giving his final words to his children and so it's a description that he gives to the tribe of judah being the lion and it's a description and it's an aspect of what the nature of christ is eventually like being that he's in that same genealogy and comes from that same tribe yes uh, it's like the fulfillment if you will lion also symbolized power fierceness and majesty and so the image of a lion is meant to convey that kingship which we talked about and then christ being the king of god's people so it kind of all ties together yeah um, you hear like, you know, lion is the king of the jungle. It's kind of that same idea, right? Like lion is, is uh, up, right? right? And top like, tier. Top tier, there <laughs> yeah. you go. And so by kind of giving this comparison, it just relates back to him being king yeah. and being lord. Right. And just the and characteristic of what a lion, you know, what a lion is. Yeah. And so that's what we describe as like, or we can see God being that also. Yeah, yeah, and it begs to, to mention that um, a lot of the times we see Jesus and Jesus is portrayed, depending on what church you go to or denomination or whatever, mm -hmm. sometimes is Jesus is only portrayed as the lamb, yeah. right? And um, a lot of the worship songs that we sing, I remember hearing this in a podcast, they said mm -hmm. that it was um, a lot of the worship sings like men can't get into because they sound like love songs. Yeah. And um, it's funny because it's it's true, right? Yeah, and it yeah. might not affect a lot of women, but men don't want to sing love songs to other men, right? Yeah. But they do love Jesus. And yeah. so... Or think of like, oh, a lamb. Like it sounds right. so small. Oh, it sounds so and sweet and cute and, and bad. Like it's adorable. <laughs> um, yes, we need the sound yes, effects. Yes, 
Yes, but Jesus is the, the he's the lamb because he he was sacrificed for us right. for our sins. But he is also the lion, right? He is the lion sitting at the right hand of the Father now. Right. And so in that um, kingship, yeah, type of position. Yeah. yeah. And he's gonna come on a horse, and he has this tattoo on his thigh, and there's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen. <laughs> and so he is, um, he is a lion. He is fierce, and he is powerful, and mm -hmm. and he is magnificent and full of power. And so yeah. it's important to recognize that yes, he is a lamb because he died for our sins, but he is also a fierce lion that yeah. is just coming back to get us on Judgment Day. You know. Right. Yeah. He yeah. has these both kind of I mean he's so many characteristics but you can right. see the sacrificial part of him giving his life mm -hmm. but also knowing he's in control of yeah. all things right. and over all things and so that's beautiful yeah. to know like this king this lion this powerful came and died for us but he's still all those things right. you know even being the sacrifice for us so definitely awesome. definitely so that's that's definitely important to mention mm -hmm. and then the last one we wanted to talk about was um god as the redeemer so isaiah 47 4 says our redeemer whose name is the lord of heaven's armies is the holy one of israel deuteronomy 9 26 says i prayed to the lord and said O sovereign lord do not destroy them they are your own people they are your special possession, whom you redeemed from Egypt by your mighty power and your strong hand. So God is our redeemer, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. um, after the Garden of Eden, where the fruit incident went down, the fruit incident that we all know. Um, fruitgate. Yes, <laughs> fruitgate, that's funny. <laughs> when fruitgate went down, we were all marked as fallen and sinners. Because of our actions in the garden, and I say our because Adam and Eve are our ancestors, and mm -hmm. so we're all tied in together we're in this humanity mess. Here. Yes. So because of our actions in the garden, there was only one way to pay for that sin, and it was death. This physical and spiritual death was, was also tied to separation from God forever. So that was the consequence. Remember that we were never supposed to be separated from God. We were supposed to live in the Garden of Eden in the presence of God forever. But because of sin, the plans changed. Right. So we made the choice to be separated from God with the decision in the garden, but that was never God's intent. God still wanted to commune with us and be with us. So he had to pay for our sins to quote unquote redeem or buy us back from sin. And the way he did that in the Old Testament, as we mentioned before, was animal sacrifices among mm. other sacrifices. And in the New Testament, it was through the death of Jesus. Right. Jesus redeemed us for the Father. Now, we never have to be apart from him again, unless we choose to, because of course we still have free will. Right. So now to get real teachy, um, I just wanted to talk about something that I learned recently and wanted to share, and it's about the kinsman redeemer. And so the kinsman redeemer points to Jesus, and where this term comes from is from the Old Testament in general, but specifically the story of Ruth and Boaz, so the book of Ruth in the Bible. Um, the kinsman redeemer is a male relative who, according to various laws of the Pentateuch, so the first five books of the Bible, had the privilege or responsibility to act on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, in danger, or in need. So the Hebrew term for kinsman redeemer is goel, and it designates one who delivers or rescues or redeems property or person. So if you remember, mm, yeah. Boaz redeemed Ruth when he quote unquote redeemed the land of Naomi's husband who had passed away. So Naomi's husband passed away. They were about to lose their land and Boaz was the family member that could step in as the kinsman redeemer because kin mm -hmm. just means family. And he could buy back that land so the land wasn't lost. That stays in the family. Right, basically. it stays in the family because in the Old Testament when, they, when Joshua split up the land when they passed into Canaan, um, God specifically said like, you know, I don't want you all to lose your land. Like right, make sure it yeah. stays within your tribe. And mm -hmm. so because of the kinsman redeemer, 
this person could step up and the land would continue to be in their tribe and in their family. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, Jesus redeems us so we are gathered back to the Father and not lost to the kingdom of darkness. So yeah. in the same way that Boaz stepped up and redeemed Ruth and um, by proxy redeemed Naomi as well and took care of them, Jesus does the same for us and he steps up for us. Yeah. So then we're not lost and destitute and out here just wilding. Yeah, yeah. and taken by others or something. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, nah, they're mine. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Them is mine, people. Them mine. Give mm-hmm. to me. Yes, exactly. So it's a beautiful picture. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we hope you learned something today. We know we got real teachy. Yeah. And um, at this point, you you, you, you know should know already. that when you <laughs> click on this episode, it's hashtag teachy, not preachy. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that you enjoyed learning about God as the king, king judge, lamb, lion, and redeemer. And um, as always, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We want to thank you for your continuous support, for your continuous listens, for your follows on Instagram, on Facebook, um, for the people that do leave comments, for the people that share our pictures and stuff that we're posting on Instagram. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, we're always open to if you have more questions, whether it's on this episode or anything that you talked about before or just something that we haven't talked about yet. And you're like, hey, how come you all haven't talked about X, whatever that is? Um, email us, send us a DM, send us a message, you know, comment on Instagram, Facebook, anything. Cause you know, we want to, we want to be able to share and we love learning. And so it's a great opportunity to know, Hey, if you're listening to us, we want to be able to also talk about stuff that you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And if you listen to us on Apple podcasts or on Spotify, please rate us, leave us a review. We definitely appreciate it. And shout out to the people that, um, live here in Texas and, have met us in person and tell us that they listen yeah, to the podcast. We appreciate so you. Cool. We it's appreciate weird you. because yeah. we're not used yeah. to that or expecting that at yes. all, but we truly, truly appreciate yes. just people supporting us and listening and coming up and saying yeah. something about it. Our friends it, that so. listen, our new friends that listen, yeah, just we appreciate so you and uh, it means a lot. So that's it for us. That's it, yeah. As always, this is Fran. This is Yavi. We are the Metal Misfits and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.